You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to Single Fathers Today. I am your host, Mark Hill. This podcast is geared towards single fathers who are going through the process of divorce, have gone through the process, and um, have custody of their kids, or you're in that stage of being separation, but you do have the kids and you're trying to figure out what options do I have for myself, how do I go forward being a single parent and raising my kids, and um, trying to give them the best life that's possible going forward. If you have any questions or comments on the show, uh, please send me an email at singlefatherstoday at gmail.com, or you can check that sometimes up, sometimes down on Twitter feed at singlefatherstoday. So, I uh, did not have a show uh, the previous week. Uh, it was Memorial Day weekend, so hopefully uh, you guys had some time to enjoy yourself on that Memorial Day weekend, and hopefully remember all of the military people who have fought and died for us to be able to have this forum or be able to um, have the freedom of speech to be able to go out and uh, live your life as you see fit. Uh, today, I have a returning guest with me, uh, Mr. Thomas Tomko. How are you doing today, Tom? Good. Hello, Mark Hill. Thanks for having me. Yes. Um, what we're going to discuss today, and I mentioned um, earlier this year, trying to get uh, Tom in and get more information from the legal point of view as far as um, fighting for the custody. Obviously, I'm not an attorney, so I bring one in. So uh, today's topic we're going to discuss is I'm going to give you is a scenario of changing the custody of the kids. Say you've gone through the divorce process is over and the decision or the judgment of who has custodial rights to the kids uh basically who's going the kids going to be living with went against you and they went with your ex so what i have tom in here today to discuss is how do you change that um that situation around so it's better so it's in your favor instead of her because you know in, in the back of your mind the kids are better off uh with you instead of her um, one more thing I want to go ahead and go into before we get into the heavy have Tom talk is that please remember uh, Tom is an attorney in the state of Michigan and his uh, main expertise is in uh, Wayne County, which covers Detroit, um, Macomb County, which covers uh, the largest city is uh, Warren and Oakland County, Bloomfield Hills, Southfield, that area. Is there any other areas that? Uh, you cover, or is it? Oh, that that covers the county certainly, and there's of course many cities within those, but right. certainly that area, the tri county area, Metro Detroit. Okay, so in your particular in your particular state, if you're listening to us outside of the state of Michigan, and I highlight those three counties because that's his main area of operation, and he goes to, um, I think pretty much for the most part. If it's in those areas, it covers the state of Michigan in general. Um, if you're outside Ohio, Texas, whatever, you have to consult with an attorney out in your area. 
that can give you uh, the proper rules of the road. It may be similar, but it's not going to be identical. So as he goes forward, kind of keep that in mind. So now the housekeeping is done. <laughs> so, okay, I'm going to give Tom my scenario. Gone through a divorce. Did not work out the way that I wanted to. I know that the kids are better off with me. I'm coming to you after the judgment and the decision has been made by the judge. Okay, attorney, how do I change this into my favor? Well, it's so important to remember, well, first of all, how we got here. You know, you may have been in a situation where maybe you agreed. Maybe at the time it made sense and you consented to a judgment, uh, which gave the custodial rights to your ex. Uh, or maybe you had a trial and after trial, the, the judge made it ruling, ruled against you, gave custodial uh, custody of the children to your ex. So now you're in this spot where time has gone on and just based on it could be any number of things uh, and reasons, uh, you're looking at it and saying, holy cow, this was a bad decision. What, you know, what can I do to get the court to realize that, hey, wait a minute, this custodial decision, whether it was by agreement or after a trial, uh, it should change. And the problem with that is, at least in Michigan, and again, when I say in Michigan, it's when you've got jurisdiction in Michigan. Maybe you live in Ohio and uh, your kids were in Michigan. You could file under the laws of the state of Michigan, uh, but you have to have that connection with Michigan. So when you have a Michigan case, when you're applying Michigan law, uh, you have to look at, well, how is it that the court can even begin to think about changing the custodial environment. Maybe you, maybe the kids, maybe everybody thinks it's a great idea to, to change custody, but your ex doesn't. Uh, now it's, well, how can I convince the court to do that? Right. So in Michigan, you know, we've got a, a, a particular statute that talks right about that. And to modify or amend a judgment or order a divorce, you have to have proper cause shown or a change in circumstances to justify it. Right. So at first blush, that seems like, well, okay, that seems easy. I mean, the, what we described is that when you got here, you, you all of a sudden got in a situation where you look back and said, man, this isn't good for the kids. Maybe they're not doing well in school. Maybe things are happening discipline-wise or they're not being disciplined. Who knows what the case may be? Every case will be a little different. Um, so what, what can you do? What is this proper cause shown or a change in circumstances? Well, the first thing we have to look to, okay, this established custodial environment. Right. It's like, well, if you don't have custody, the established custodial environment is with your ex. And if you're going to change an established custodial environment, you have to show, and this is the words of the statute, clear and convincing evidence that it's in the best interest of the child to change that custodial environment. Now, one question that I have before you go forward, because it's as you were explaining this, and you're and you mentioning that it is in the best interest of the child. What if the your ex is saying that the kids need to be with me, and as a guy that's gone through a divorce, and you guys that are out there listening, you know how that game plays, and how you kind of factor in with the court. We've already discussed that in the previous show, but what if the child says? I want to be with my father because being with my father is that's who I want to be with. And the mother saying, no, you need to be with me. Is there, can that play a factor in it as well? And if so, what is the age 
where the child can come in and say, you know what, I want to petition as another, um, I guess another avenue where the where the child can say, I want to be with my father. So how does that tie in? The <laughs> when we look at the the child's preference, well. You got to look at when when can a child really express a preference. And so when a child is three or four years old, that's not going to be the age. Uh, courts are generally going to agree that, wait a minute, that's way too young for a child to say they're, they prefer one or the other. As they get older, when you're talking about you know, 15, 16, 17, it's like, okay, now they're going to listen to what they say. That doesn't mean the court's going to go along with what they say. It just means mm-hmm. it's one of the things that they'll start looking at. So uh, the age – and again, uh, off the top of my head, the, a specific age, um, I'm not recalling if there is one specific in the statute or not, but uh, generally courts will look at this when kids are 9, 10, 12. I mean, this is the kind of age where, okay, maybe they'll listen. But again, they're going to give it a grain of salt because after all, it's a child. Think about a teenager, for example. Teenager, well, which one would they prefer to be with? Well, if dad's got more rules, I don't want to be with him. Mom's got mm. more rules. I don't want to be with her. I want to hang out with my friends. Mm. <laughs> so, Depends on the day, right? So the <laughs> yeah. Yeah, teenager, you know, you you got to take a lot of things into consideration. But, you know, you got to get to an age where, you know, the child, you know, maybe, you know, nine or ten would be the earliest they'd be listening. Again, it's up to the judge. The judge, um, and, I, and I'm not recalling off the top of my head a specific age, but – that's around the age. You get to seven and six and five and they're going to say, uh, how informed is that? That's more coaching from the parent or who bought him the best toy on the last birthday or something. I mean, that, mm. you know, that's not going to win the day. Um, but they will, as the child gets older, they're going to listen to the preference of the child. But that's not going to be how the court rules. They're going to look at this clear and convincing evidence that it's in the best interest. Let's talk about clear and convincing. Mm-hmm. Preponderance of the evidence, legal words, uh, that's 51%. Okay, so if, if something's found by a preponderance, it's just over half, 51 in one way, 49 the other way, 51 wins. Well, mm-hmm. that's, that's preponderance. Clear and convincing now is higher than that. So you've got to, not more than 50-50, you got to really show that, hmm, it's clear and convincing. You got to basically have some type of information there. Um, photos, whatever, something or some sort of documentation to say, look, this, she, no, they don't need to be with her because of this. Mm-hmm. And you're running a race. There's the low hurdles and the high hurdles. You, once custody is established and there's mm-hmm. a custodial environment, you got to go over the high hurdle, you, not the lower hurdle. But, but for the majority, from what you've seen, what is the percentage of the children being with the fathers? I mean, because I know you're saying it's a 5149 uh percentage but you know when you look at the the numbers generally as a whole nationwide the kids go with the mother what 80% of the time 90% of the time if yeah. the fathers are sitting there saying I know I'm a good dad I spent all this time with my kids yes I go out and work yes I work 8 10 hours a day to provide for my family I'm doing all of this and yet, I'm still losing my kids. And on top of that, I'm paying an outraged amount of money in child support and an outraged amount in alimony. And she's playing the old poor me. And then once it's all said and done, she's off doing her. And you can get that information 
after the divorce and say, look, she's out there not spending money on the kids. She's taking that money, spending it on herself, got lipo, got new boobs. She paid for it because she had the receipt. And all and this new guy, and it's like you have all that information, and the court will still say, eh, no. Yeah, and, and you're right because percentage-wise, and I sure don't know the percentage as far as if you have a trial, how many times it goes to the mom or the dad. But I would venture to guess that it's clearly – skewed in favor of the mom. This divorce is one of these last vestiges of uh, really a sexual bias uh, that the mom somehow is a better parent just by virtue of gender. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I don't – that's not true of every case and I, you know that can cause a strong reaction when I say it. And I, I don't mean it that way but there's this undertow in the divorce world where uh, moms – there's a preference just because they're the mom. You know uh, – Every day you watch the news and everybody is single mom, single mom, single single mom. Just the words creates a sympathy that you can't really describe or put your finger on that pulse. But it's there mm-hmm. and it's there in the court system as well. The, you know, back to, you know, we talk about this uh, preponderance of the evidence. Well, no, it's got to be a clear and convincing evidence and it has to do with the best interest of the children. And if you went through the trial – in Michigan, you already know or should know what these best interest considerations are. So what's really important is back when you originally were fighting for custody and but now when you're looking at a change of custody, what are these things that are going to be considered to figure out what's the best interest? Mm-hmm. And so Michigan, again, they go through a, a whole list of, of separate things, which they say, hey, the court's going to consider these things. And when you go to an investigation with the friend of the court uh, investigator, when they do a custody investigation, they're going to score, not with a number, but they're going to say in favor of one or the other, what each of these factors are for the best interests of the children. All right. And here's, a, here's an example. A, and they're, numbered, they're lettered A through L. The love, affection, and other emotional ties existing between the party involved and the child. So, you know, hopefully when every parent, when they're going through a divorce, mom and dad, that they should be equal on those things. It, yeah. can, be, it can be unequal, but you would expect that's one that, of course, you'd consider as a factor. Uh, if one, you know, was cold to the children, didn't express love or affection, of course, you know, way back when, when you had custody figured out, uh, that would be ruled against the other party and – the court would favor the one that has that love and affection. But uh, but the, what if it's equal? If it's equal, then they will say it's equal. Okay. Okay. So they don't, they don't have to say it has to be either this or this. They can say basically it's a push. They can say it's even. It could say in favor one or in favor of the other. Second one is capacity and disposition of the parties involved to give the child love, affection, and guidance to continue in education and raising the child in his or her religion or creed. Well, two aspects to that. The general part, the two subsets were education, religion, or creed. So this is where education. Did you go to the parent-teacher conferences? Did you help them with the homework? Did you Mm -hmm. make sure the assignments were turned on on time? When it was your weekend, did you go to church? Mm -hmm. You know. So, I mean, did you support and go to the confirmation or the first communion or the baptism or whatever it might be. So this is how you can build you as the dad can set up, hey, I'm looking out for the best interest because I'm there for all those things. I'm supporting those things. Right. Uh, And again, they'll weigh it in favor of one, favor of the other, or is it equal? 
Another one is the capacity or disposition of the parties involved to provide the child with food and clothing and things, medical care, things like that. So, okay, did you go to the well baby visits? Did you go to the doctor? Did you go to the dentist? Did you do all those things? Or did you let your spouse, your ex-spouse do it all? But if you're working, if you're working a nine to five or, you know, uh, you know, five in the morning, three in the afternoon and that appointment's during the day, she has to take them because you're working. Oh, yeah. And that's a practical hurdle to get over, right? I mean, because it's like if I take that time off, if she's there and I'm working, it seems like it's kind of skewed a little bit because – A little bit, but that factor, remember, it's providing food, clothing, medical care, and those things. Well, all right, so if you're working, you're providing the food and clothing, right? Right. And if you can't be there for the medical care, okay, that's how you become more even with that factor. Right. So uh, if both both parents are working, that's a little bit different. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but the bottom line is, it's like okay, that's one of the factors they're going to consider as to what goes into best interest. Um, the length of time that the child has lived in a stable, satisfactory environment. Well, you know that factor again, that custodial environment. If we're at the stage where already the children are they're going to mom's house all the time, and you're getting this visitation, that one's generally that's going to be considered in favor of the mom. Many times, not all the time. If you live close to each other and they have the same kids and the same right. school bus pickup and everything, okay, then maybe it's closer. Uh, but that home, that that initial decision way back when, when you either agreed to custody or this custody was held in favor of your ex, it's like, uh oh, that one is a little. That one skewed toward the custodial. Well, parent. and I think that that one does get skewed towards her because the normal is, and we've discussed before, every other weekend, one day during the week. And that's when you go through a separation, um, you know, they says, well, he needs to leave the home or, you know, things just don't work out. So he leaves the home and that kind of skews him in a negative light to begin with. So it, it kind of seems as if it, the deck is slowly being stacked against him and he's having to try to fight that off. And the only recourse you have is some sort of information to say, hey, Here's the information that I have on her showing that when I'm not there, she's neglecting the kids, got someone else moving in, um, going out partying, doing whatever else. And in some cases, you can show all of that and somebody and they'll come up and say, oh, well, she's just letting off some steam after stressing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and let's – but remember, that's, this is just one factor. And this factor, are you, are you fighting an uphill battle? Yeah, you are because custody is already established. And the mom, she's got the children the majority of the time. So when it comes to the length of time that they're in that home and they consider that a stable home, that's going to be a problem. But as we look to some of these other ones, it's going to take in some of the things you just brought up. Mm. Uh, so let's look at the, the next factor. This is E we're on. The permanence as a family unit of the existing or proposed custodial home. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you got a situation. All situations can be different. What if mom has – Children from another relationship in the home. Okay, well, is that a family unit? Same with the dad. You know, has he got has he got some kind of family unit? What about the cousins? What about the you know the the nieces and nephews and things that uh, they have a relationship with? Are you fostering those things? Mm-hmm. So you because so the Brady you. bunch, right? Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, the Brady so, Bunch factor going on here, yes. But you can facilitate those things. See, if you stand in the way of those things because, 
oh, on your weekend, you won't take your child to see uh, the cousin's birthday, you know, go over to the birthday party at the cousin's house. Mm. Well, if you're standing in the way of that, then you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot, right? Well, not. I can understand that part, but then what if you run into a case where you have members saying that, oh, we're not going to pick, we're not going to pick sides. But then you go to that cousin's birthday party and everyone's sitting there giving you the stink eye. Yeah, and, absolutely. But, and you got to sit there and suck it up, especially if it's the cousin's on her side of the family because they're really going to give you the stink eye and just kind of have little snide remarks, just try to find ways to, as I used to say, try to push your buttons. Not that it happened to me or anything like that. (laughs) Anyway. But you wouldn't want to be in that negative environment, but at least you let the child go to the birthday party, take him there and pick him up. You don't have to sit through the stink eye, but at least be supportive of a family, you know, supporting the family unit because they still are a family. But if you go there, say you go there and you try to tough it out and you get to the point where it's like, I can't be here. I have to leave. Hey, I'll be back. Then they'll come back and say, well, he abandoned the kid at the party. Uh, I don't I don't I don't think that's generally the case. I think instead you are supporting and facilitating your child's relationship with family. Okay. Just because you don't you don't have to get along with you know, every sister in law and ex sister in law, ex brother in law and, you know, ex you know <laughs> mother and father in law. Yeah. You know, you don't have yeah. to get along with all them. That's that's just natural. Of course people are gonna pick sides. Um but it's for the child. See, this is the best interest of the child, not best interest of you and the ex's family. Mm-hmm. So as long as the child and if you don't stand in the way, you know, if there's five birthday parties in a year and they all fell on your weekends, you didn't let them go to any of them, mm-hmm. okay, that's a negative. But if you support them and they go to most, if not all of them, okay, then that factor is going to be more even. Mm-hmm. So anyway, back to the, the next. Now, the next one is interesting. Uh, F, the moral fitness of the parties involved. This is the one that you talked about when, you know, mm-hmm. when mom, the ex, she's if she's moving in the new boyfriend. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, wait a minute. They're not married. How come this guy's staying overnight? You know, right. This, this, is a, this is a problem. This is the moral fitness. What? How does that make sense? Or, you know, they're they're firing up a blunt in the house, you know, with the kids there. You know, it's like, wait a minute, something's going on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, uh, so these type of things, legal problems that the the person may have, right. whether it's uh, anything from possession, drunk driving, domestic violence, any things like that. You know, the moral fitness of the parties. Or she brings in someone that's not really a a winner, basically a major downgrade from you and. Or imagine, imagine your your ex uh, having a relationship with somebody that's on the sex offender list. It's like holy cow! You yeah, know, now they're you know your kids are being exposed to something that hmm maybe they shouldn't be exposed to. Maybe mm-hmm. there's a risk. Maybe there's not. I don't know. But if you start looking at that and start weighing out the best interest of the children, it's like well maybe it's not in their best interest to be around such things. But couldn't like a positive be a problem? Like if n- not saying it's like a competition, obviously, but I guess that always will be there. But if the you know other person has, and this could go with like the father too. If you have a girlfriend or a you know boyfriend come in, and they're pretty on point, you know that's just how they do. And it's not like they're trying to you know beat the father or the wife. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just like well, it can be a but that that's not going to be considered as a factor. It's okay. only it's the moral fitness. You know, if somebody's over for dinner. 
three nights a week when, when the kids are there as well, that's one thing. But if you're chasing each other around the kitchen table, t- ripping clothes off while the kids are there, well, that's a whole little different matter because Just the kids are being exposed. downstairs and go, let them go play Fortnite. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good night. Yeah. So we got to talk up in the kitchen. <laughs> so the moral fitness. Uh, next factor has to do with mental and physical health of the parties. That's pretty obvious. You know, if someone has a uh, you know mental uh, disability or someone has a physical disability, it prevents them from properly ch- caring for the children. That's fine. I mean, for the most part, people will be viewed as even on those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the Next factor, the home, school, and community record of the child. Well, you know, so if you're looking for a change of custody and they're doing good, they happen to be in Utica community schools and somebody wants to, you know, take them to you know, a different school system. The Clintondale. Clintondale. Oh, sorry, didn't, didn't, want, didn't, didn't mean to bust out Clintondale. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but if, you know, if the kid's are doing well in school and in the middle of the year you're looking for a change of custody – you know, all their friends are there. All, they're doing well in school. Is the disruption going to be something that's going to be negative or is it in the best strength of the, ch- of the child to stay where they're at? Right. So – and the reverse is true. What if they're doing terrible in school and they're getting bullied and – And you want to move them. So if they're if they're with her and they're in a, in a school system that um, is not favorable but yet you have left the home or moved to – Another area, maybe a few blocks away or a few miles away, but the school system there is so is just much better. Mm-hmm. Can that factor in? Because it says, "Hey, it, I think my kids would be better if they were in this school system. They could still see their friends on the weekends, but the educational system here is so much better, and they can. It's more conducive to them having a positive learning. Can experience. be considered. That is it again? These are not equal factors. Mm-hmm. Gonna, that's going to be a small factor. If the kids are doing well in school right now, and your kids are going to do well in a different school system, it's going to be equal. Okay, is there some uh, tendency to? Not rock the boat and not change when the kids are doing well? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, there is. So, again, when you're changing custody, it's different from when you're establishing that custody in the first place. Right. So it's not going to be a battle of the school systems. That's not going to win the day. But is it something that's going to be considered? Well, yeah, it's a factor that's set out. It's in something the, that's on there as a little statute. Tick right. Uh, so here's the one we talked about earlier. The reasonable preference of the child if the court considers a child to be of sufficient age to express a preference. And it says sufficient age, so it does not define an age. Correct. It just says basically when the so the child would have to go speak before the referee or the judge, and they have to take how that child, basically how they presented themselves. Exactly, because there's going to be different maturity levels, and usually that's done not on the record, not with the parents present. The judge will go back, talk with the child, have a short chat with them, maybe not even report as to what their preference is, but mm-hmm. the judge will consider it. So the preference, if the child is mature enough and can express that that feeling one way or the other. Okay. Now here's a good one. The willingness and ability of each of the parties to facilitate and encourage a close and continuing parent-child relationship between the child and the other parent. Hmm. Or the child and both parents. Right. So that means how do you badmouth your ex in front of the kids? Does she badmouth you in front of the kids? Or do you say, no, she's your mother. you got to go with her. Or mm-hmm. Does she say, nope, he's your dad. Have a great weekend. That's huge. That's kind of reverse thinking. But, right. But, hey, you, you don't want to disparage another parent in front of the kids. The kids have a mom and a dad. They love both of them right. in, a, in a perfect sense. 
And that's exactly what you want each parent to facilitate in the kid's mind toward the other one. Mm-hmm. So don't bring adult problems in front of kids. Deal with the adult problems between the adults separate from being in front of them. Right. And support the other one and their choices and their their maybe it's a discipline, maybe the phone was taken away at the ex's house for a certain reason and you support that. Don't try to subvert it. Oh, why does she take that phone right. from you? Well, yeah, take the phone, and then when you come and stay with me, I'll give you my phone, or That's I'll wrong. get you another phone, and you just kind of you got to hide it a little bit better next time. I don't know how many times. Just this week, somebody came to me, and they said, oh, yeah, you know, I disciplined uh, my child. I took the phone away, and that weekend when I went with Dad, he bought her a new phone. It's like, mm. holy cow. It's like, you know, I don't know right or wrong taking the phone away, but to totally subvert what the other one did – just to seek you, you're the Chris, you're the Santa Claus dad. Then, right? Well, you're gonna you're gonna give presents and be better than the other one. Try to make yourself look better. No, 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 that's not it. Figure out if you really want to be adult about it. Find out what the discipline was for. Right. Maybe find continue out, it. Right. Find out what they did and say, hey, because of X, Y, Z. But then you have some parents that'll say, the mother said, well, I'm gonna do whatever I want to do, because a lot of times they'll say that, well, they. They want to be with mom because mom is kind of the easygoing one so I can get away with a lot more than dad. So a lot of times they want to stay with mom because they figure I can run the guilt trip on mom, make her feel bad. In some cases, well, mom, you were the one that filed against dad, not really knowing what the whole situation is. Or if um, dad files against mom, they'll sit there and they'll want to hang with mom because well, Dad, you didn't give Mom a chance. So it's kind of like the Dad's usually the bad guy in either scenario. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that you don't want. That's that's the last mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, just like any parenting, regardless of whether it's a divorce, you gotta you got to be fair. you got to be consistent. you got to have clear consequences. And you mm-hmm. got to follow through on it because if you say, hey, I'm going to do this, I'm gonna, you're going to be grounded, you're going to be grounded, something happens, uh, okay, I won't ground you. Uh, now it's just an mm-hmm. empty threat. You got to follow through, and so if you got that communication with your ex, which that's not natural, you don't have a natural conversation back and forth with your ex. Yeah, during time. that time period, I it's very very strained, and then you have um, you know family members or friends that you thought you were close with that can get kind of strange as strained as well, and then you just reverted to having attorneys or having someone be a mediator. Or a relay person between the two. But if you can find out about it, what what's going on at the other house? What's the discipline for? Mm-hmm. Oh, they forgot to turn in their homework or didn't do their homework. That's why they were grounded or they right. took their phone away. Okay. Now you want to support that. Why? Because it's in the best interest of the child. That's mm-hmm. what the best interest is all about. Another factor, this is the last specified one, is Domestic violence in the house. So if there's any domestic violence in the house, that's going to be, of course, viewed against the party where mm-hmm. the domestic violence happens. And the very last factor, it says any other factor that the court will consider and relevant to the whole issue of custody. So way back when, when you started, if you had a trial in custody, they evaluated each of these factors, A through L, every mm-hmm. one of them. And they were either even in favor of one or in favor of the other. That's how custody was decided. Right. Now, when you're looking to change it, way back when, it was like, who was just a little bit better than the other? Now, to change, you have to have clear and convincing evidence that's in the best interest to change and to modify this. You've got to have proper caution of a change of circumstances. So 
if you, you know, a year goes by, two years go by, and all of a sudden you say, hey, look, I want the kids to be with me. I think they'd be better off. They have mm-hmm. this problem, that problem, the other problem. Well, it's got to be proper cause and a change of circumstances. It's not the same as when you started out. Now you're both kind of equal and you're favor one, favor the other. Right. Or are you equal? Now it's like, wait a minute. There's got to be some something that rocked the boat. The, the, right. boat, the boat hit the iceberg. Something, <laughs> something that changes before you can really get traction out of claim to change that custody. And then even if you show that change in circumstances, you got to show clear and convincing evidence mm-hmm. of this best interest. All these factors, you better have a lot of them in your favor. Because the more of them that are equal or in favor of the other, you will not be successful on changing custody. Okay. So let me give you this scenario. Um, I was listening to a podcast last night and the podcast, the gentleman basically talked about how when the kids are with their mothers, uh, usually the, the males, and they have problems you know, when a divorce is done or um, say they're not even together, but the kids are with the mother. Now the kid, the son has gotten into a teenage year or a preteen year, and now he's thinking he's big and bad. He can do whatever the heck he wants to do. Um, he's not listening to his mother. He's going out hanging out with his friends, and the father wants to step in to say, hey, I think the kids need to stay with me. Now, from the mother's standpoint, the first thing she's going to think about is if the kids go with him or the son goes with him, first thing she's going to do is lose that money for the custody because that's the first – because it, let's just be real here. A lot of times there's factors that they'll say, hey, that's my little um, my little debit card, my money card. Because the kids are there, I get money every month, and I can take that money to do whatever I want to do. Maybe I'll give it to the kids, maybe I won't. Majority of the time, they don't. So if the son is out doing wrong, out in the streets, doing drugs, selling drugs, hanging with a gang, not listening to their mother, staying out all night, drinking, so on, and there's a whole list of things that you know and you can document or you can talk to friends that will document and you can say, the, the boy needs to stay with me. And then you go to the court on that. And the mother will argue it, but then later on she may come back and say, I can't do anything with this kid. He can stay with you, but I need the money. How how does that play in? Because, again, like you said, it's equal, but now the grades are falling and everything else. So how does a father approach that with all the information and goes to the judge and say, "Your Honor, this is what I, this is what's happening with my child." Well, let's let's start with the financial, uh, a financial burden of not getting or getting child support one way or the other. That's not going to win the day, certainly in a court size. Mm-hmm. And let's look at human nature. Human nature is what do we do? We live up to and maybe a little bit over whatever income we have come in. So, mm-hmm. so when I'm buying a car. I look at the payment and I say, can I afford that payment? Yeah, I got this. I got this. I got child support coming in. Yeah, I can make that payment. So now I got my car. And, you know, it goes from there. You know, Can I afford the cable TV? Can I afford mm-hmm. the cell phone? Whatever it is. Right. So now I got this budget. So very rationally, 
and we might agree with ra- rational or not, but mm-hmm. uh, that's another thing. But very rationally, within a world of managing a budget, mom set down her budget, and her budget included whatever she's making and child support. So mm-hmm. if someone comes, you know, to the door, the ex, and says, "Hey, look, I'm going to change your budget because the child's acting out." Well, of course, that's a whole other emotional mm-hmm. uh, hesitation and fight right there. Yep. Now, what's that got to do with the best interest of the child? Well, just about nothing. But it's got everything to do with the budget at, at mom's home. With the child, if both parties agree, one of the questions I sometimes ask, and it depends on the situation, and I say to the dad, look, supposing I'm representing him, I say, hey, what if you paid the exact same child port you do now, but your son comes and lives with you? Would you do it? Hmm. And that causes some pause. Because the child's going to be with me full time, but yet I'm giving her the money. Yeah, flip the schedule. Make it so she's got every other weekend and you got it you know, during the week and every other other weekend. So it's like, okay, flip it around. To remove and to take away the money issue, and I ask that question sometimes just to make sure that you know, the client isn't so interested in saving child support. Mm-hmm. And it really, it's the interest of the child. I mean, that, that's generally the case. It's the interest of the child. But, right. But would you pay child support to have the child with you? And if a, if a dad steps up and says, I'd still pay that child support because my kid's screwing up and I want him to succeed. Mm-hmm. Well, then you know it's not about the money. Right. Okay. Still, that doesn't mean it wouldn't change. But that could be an offer in the world of – discussing and negotiating, you could look at the mom and say, look, if this is about money, it's really about our child. And I want our child to not go down this path that he's going down Mm -hmm. and tell you what, can we compromise? I'm not worried so much about the child support. Maybe we can tweak it some, maybe not reduce it to nothing, but maybe we can tweak it if we can agree. Right. And see what happens. Because in some cases, you may have a child support where – you know, the dad may be paying, you know, 1500 a month. For some dads, that's a lot of money Oh yeah. for them. That depends on, you know, am I going to live in a nice place, you know, in the kind of keeping that same environment even though it's an apartment versus going to a one-room little rinky-dink place or a studio apartment because I came across some dads that are like that. And it's like, mm-hmm. how in the heck am I – I'm shelling this much money out and I know she's not using that money for what it's for. And I know that, you know, in my case, I would have said yes because my, my kids were that important. I never thought about me not being there for my kids. So on that note, I would say yes, I would make that sacrifice for my kids. But then you got to think from – and I'm not saying holding on to the money for myself, but I'm thinking financially of being able to support them and provide them for all their different needs, you know, sports, academic, um, creativity. That money goes towards them and their activities, mm-hmm. whereas she would say, nope, you can take the kids, but I keep the money. And then that kind of looks at, okay, she doesn't care about the kids. She just wants the money. Yep. And that's where, I mean, those kind of discussions can get us there. And I'm not – I am not suggesting that everybody I represent just pay the money and take the kids. I'm not saying that. That's Mm -hmm. not what I'm saying. But when you start thinking about it, when you stop, you want to separate the issue of money versus the best interest of the Mm -hmm. kids. And if you pose that question, now people will think a little different sometimes. And sometimes you'll get the true feelings 
of the parties. Right. Um, and let's say that let's say the child support is you know fifteen hundred. That's that can be a big number. Uh, but let, let's say the, the child support is eight or nine hundred a month for one child. Let's say and let's say okay, look, if I take him, you know, I'm going to be having more money. How about we reduce it to seven hundred a month? Mm. Now, I'm assuming down the road, you know, it's been two, three years maybe that you've had this visitation schedule. Mm. Your budget too, you've already worked out your budget and you've lived up to and maybe a little over your, your own budget. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, all right, well, what does that mean to you? A couple hundred more a month? You got to feed a teenager now? Mm -hmm. Ooh, that's going to be a big pill to swallow. But if it really gets to the best interest of your child, then the question is, hmm, would you do it? Right. And, and don't misconstrue this conversation. I'm not saying people do that or, or I'm not saying that you must do that or that you should do that. I'm just saying if you can separate those issues, that's great. And if you can compromise somewhere and if you truly are looking for the best interests of the child, mm -hmm. maybe you would make that sacrifice. Maybe you wouldn't. You know, Some people would say, no way in hell. That's not fair. Mm. That's not fair. Why should I pay a dime if if, if the know, kid's going to be child's going to be with me? Right. She should pay child support. Right. And you're probably right. But let's separate the issues. At least have the discussion. It's almost like you're paying for a break. <laughs> That's like how I would look at it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like you are paying, and like yeah, she should pay. But it's like if she did, you know, like you said, flipped it on its head. It's like you had those days, the weekends or whatever, and it's like all right, I'm handling a lot of the issues of whatever. And then, you know, they go to the other person's house for a weekend. You're like, <sighs> kind of gives you kind of gives you that, that extra that couple break. hundred bucks, you know, right. actually. So the extra yeah. hundred bucks is like saying, OK, I'm going to a resort, but I'm staying at home and the kids are going. <laughs> yeah. And you can you know, there. tie up your loose ends of whatever is going on in your life, I guess. Mm. That's just how I looked at it. So. Yeah, that's that's a new way. That's another way of thinking about it, because when you first mentioned it, my first thought was. Hell no! I wouldn't. I get the kids and then give her the money. No, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> um, there was this one athlete, and I can't think of his name. Um, uh, he's on one of the sports shows. He's going through a divorce, and I believe he's having to pay like twenty something, twenty some odd thousand a month for the kid, and then she, and then he gets out. He has to give up alimony on top of that, and it's just like there's no way. That a kid is going to need twenty six thousand in child support a month. <laughs> yeah. they, they're not going to. The kid can't eat that much. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid, and I think the kid was like uh, preteen years, like eleven or twelve. You can factor in sports. You can factor all these other activities in. It's not going to come up to that that much money. And the. X, I believe, had said something along the lines of, well, this is how I'm going to get him. In a word, that's how I'm going to get him back. I'm going to hit him where it hurts. I'm going to get the kids and I'm going to get the money and he's not going to have anything. And that is just something that really frustrates me. So, sorry, I got to let me pull the car back on the road. It's just when I hear that, it's just like, no, this is wrong. Yeah. Those are, those are different income numbers and those mm -hmm. are – different worlds. But, right. But, you know, you got to – you have to think, do you want to go through a battle, fight for a change of custody, have to prove by clear and convincing evidence it's in the best interest of the child, pay six, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars $9,000 to file a motion, go through those factors again, knowing that 
clear and convincing is a really high standard, and maybe you don't get there in the eyes of the court, or do you seek some kind of compromise? Mm. If the ex is willing to recognize and agree that maybe the change in custody is better for the child. So the financial issue, we can hold our nose to it and we can say, oh, man, that would be terrible mm. to pay and not and, and have the custody or at least modify the custody more in your favor. Right. Like keep the child so support the time. same or something. But – or spend a whole bunch of money and take the chance of not only spending the money, still paying the child support and losing mm-hmm. and watching your child go down. Then you have the X factor of the judge also because that's always a um, – thing that you don't it's not in the book but it does say the discretion so it's always taking the court's um, comments in there in discretion as well and the point of all this is that proper cause shown or because a change of circumstances it's got to be strong and when you're trying to go through those factors again clear and convincing evidence that Mm -hmm. it's in the best interest you got an uphill battle and so you got to be conscious of those factors. You better be following them all because you're not even going to have a shot right. unless you are doing those things in flying colors and not just a little bit better 50-50, way better. It has to be some major you know, discretion. 80-20. Between you know, the two. Uh, you, you really have to do that because your motion for change of custody, difficult path to go down. That's why it's so important in the beginning to try and get that custody in the beginning. Because right. that's when you're more equal. That's when you, you have the chance to establish that, that firm uh, that firm base. So as we are starting to come to the end of our show, um, definitely want you to go ahead and give out your information. If you are in uh, Metro Detroit, Oakland, Wayne, Macomb County, and you're looking for an attorney, um, I know that you've been doing some other cases as uh, other type of uh, law, but I know that you kind of still look at this a little bit uh, from time to time if someone comes in. Or you may refer them off to someone else. But if they need to get a hold of you and ask you any questions or comments, how can they get a hold of you? Well, Thomas Tomko, you can always call the phone number 586-795-8822 or on the email tjtomkolaw at aol.com. That's T-J-T-O-M-K-O-L-A-W at aol.com. Okay. And if it's something that's outside of the divorce and custody, what other type of services do you provide for them? We the, the primary focus most recently in my practice is criminal, criminal defense. That's anything from a traffic ticket to uh, something much more serious, uh, mm. possession charges, DUIs, things of that nature. We do plenty, plenty of those, have lots of trials, had a recent good success, two-week trial. We got a not guilty on all counts just two weeks ago. Um, so we do a lot of work in that regard. Okay. So uh, if you're out there and you're in the um, Metro Detroit area or in Detroit as well and you need an attorney, um, you have an individual here that can definitely uh, help you out if it's something related to a divorce case. Um, he's willing to take a look at that and uh, give you some advice as well on that. So I would like to thank him for coming in today and giving us some more insight uh, to help you fathers out. So, And thanks for having me. And the best advice I can say is keep looking out for the best interests of those kids. Don't give up the fight uh, because there are options 
in many cases. Okay. That's a perfect that's a perfect way to send it off, man. Wouldn't you say that, Ryan? <laughs> so as we end to wrap this show up, uh, again, this is Single Fathers Today. I'm your host, Mark Hill. If you have any questions or comments related to the show, uh, if you want to get more information, uh, you can't get a hold of Tom, you want to reach out to me or uh, anything like that, you can shoot me an email at singlefatherstoday at gmail.com. Or you can check out the Twitter feed. I think I will see if I can get this um, where he was reading from from the uh, the laws, and I can post that on there as well on the Twitter pe- on the Twitter page as well. Just single fathers today. So as we go to wrap this show up, I want you to tell you to hang in there and keep fighting. Mm-hmm.